What is up? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Tour 12 Podcast. My man, Cody, the producer man, is back in the house. Yeah. Fresh off the beach. Yeah, not sunburnt. How'd you pull that off? Oh, this uh, beautiful uh, skin that I have. <laughs> if you don't know me, I am a fair-skinned individual. I had to put sunscreen on about every 17 minutes. That's hilarious. <laughs> not really, but <laughs> I did pretty good. We took uh, We took a bunch of kids. My, my kid and some of their friends to the lake last week up to Greer's Ferry, yeah. which is an awesome lake. It really is. And uh, told everyone of them, put on sunscreen. None of them did, did they? None of them. <laughs> they, we were out there five hours fried. Yeah. Jaden did the same thing. He's like, Dad, I'm already 10. I don't yeah. have to have sunscreen. Well, he didn't put any on. The next day, he was whining. He was purple. Yeah. I was I chilling him. like an old man under the <laughs> I saw you. Big, didn't you have a hat on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm like a, the big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Isn't that a dude like on a movie? I don't even know. I've heard <laughs> it, it sounded, before. It just sounded like that's a guy that would have the big hat on. We'll Google it. <laughs> while we're here so we can see if you know what you're talking about hey it's been a good week and it's uh already a better week because the temp just dramatically dropped here we had a cold (laughs) cold front come through in july it's like 83 degrees or something but it's like gonna be in the 60s at night like the high 60s july to build me a fire tonight that's a good idea. Heath the Big Lebowski what doesn't wear a hat. Oh, he doesn't? <laughs> oh, he's a good He's a bowler. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded, I thought that dude was on a movie. Wasn't yeah, that? it's a movie called The Big Lebowski. Oh, he's a bowler? And the Well, I've never seen it, but I'm guessing. <laughs> I apologize to our the, listeners for not knowing my movie people. On the cover of the movie picture, he's there's a bowling ball and a 9mm. <laughs> well, he sounded like a guy that ought to be sitting on a barge with a big hat on, not getting sunburned. <laughs> That's what I thought. So whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I've had an interesting morning already. My emails have been getting kicked back. I know every time I email you, I get this kickback. I wasn't too worried about you, but when all our clients started saying, "Hey, dude, something's wrong. You're the marketing guy, and your emails don't even work." <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really say it like that, but a bunch of them started saying stuff. So yeah, we got to figure this out. So then, problem solver Cody's like, "You might want to check your Gmail because I've got a bunch of stuff forwarded to my Gmail account." Yeah, which evidently. Or everything. I don't know how it works. Something's forwarded somewhere. I got like seven emails, and they're all forwarded to <laughs> when, something. When did you do this forwarding? Back in I don't, seven? I don't know, because I didn't even remember doing it. So, I went on my Gmail account, logged in, haven't logged in in literally years. <laughs> Had to guess a few passwords. Luckily, figured it out. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it says your email, you cannot receive or send emails because your box is full. There was over 20, 27,000 pages of emails. Can you even comprehend that? So there's probably a hundred on each page. <laughs> I don't know because maybe fifty. I don't know. That's just what it said. It, that's it had crazy. the deal on the top right that said pages one through twenty seven thousand and whatever. Oh my! That's so a then lot I started it. just deleting one page at a time, and I was like, I'm going to be here for three weeks because you got to delete, and then it runs its little process, takes yeah. a few seconds, then you go to the next one. And so finally, I found a deal where you could delete them all, and I deleted thousands of emails, and now my email is working right. But I found some emails from 07. That's really funny. I texted a good friend of mine, um, Jason, who back in the day, I worked in the summer on some baseball fields, kept them up for the city. So like you did all the groundwork and everything? Groundwork, loved. I was oversaw all the umpires, and this was back about the time we were really getting our show started. Strub Bucks, South Face, all that. So it was part-time, obviously, just yeah. getting in. So I had to do something to make a little bit of money. 
And I pulled up one of those emails from 07 from my buddy Jason, and I, the first thing it said was, have we even paid you yet? <laughs> <laughs> so I text Jason. We're still friends today. So I text him. I was like, hey, bro, you think it's okay if I go ahead and delete these? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? He was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So um, I think I'm officially an email hoarder. Oh, I would say if you had 27,000 pages of yeah, emails. On my, on my, so right now on my, my iCloud account, which oh. is – a catch-all. It's got 21,700 emails on it right now. I've done pretty good. I'm down to 3,000. Well, my deal is I know pretty much what I can delete, but there's a bunch of stuff I don't know if I'll ever have to need it or right. something. So I just don't. Yeah. Some of these are emails that I've read, but I put back as unread so that I would I could easily find them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. My wife hates it that I have a red dot on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we could make this podcast about clutter <laughs> very easily but we won't i um i did want to catch you up on my fishing while you let's hear actually i saw a few of them you did sent you? me a picture a couple yeah. pictures and then today when i got here you showed so, me them they're pretty sweet so i started painting lures okay said that on the last podcast i think it was the last podcast wasn't it yeah didn't really know what i was getting into other than I've been to the school of Googleology, if that's <laughs> even YouTube. a word. YouTube, um, and I watched this guy. I can't even remember his name. He cussed like a sailor. I seem like a lot of people cuss like a sailor. A lot of people. If do. you're listening to this podcast and you cuss a lot, you need to work on not cussing so much. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast could be about clutter and cussing. <laughs> it's hilarious. So anyway, this guy's like painting away, and he's like blankety blanking every other word, which I don't care. I'm used to that. And uh, so at the end of this deal, he's like, you're going to blankety blank and suck when you start this, but don't give up. <laughs> he's <was laughs> such like, an encouragement. He was really inspiring me to really <laughs> go spend some money on the airbrush and all this. So I did and painted my first couple and they come out better than I, I thought. You know, a fish might bite that. Yeah. They weren't terrible. They weren't, but I'm still by far a novice. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you, it's addicting, man, because I went out last night with my new lures and caught my first fish. <laughs> Dude, I was out there by myself. Just, Did you jump around? Just me and the moon <laughs> and a fish. <laughs> I was so happy. I think fish will bite anything now that I've accomplished this. But like, it, there is a total level of satisfaction. Yeah, that's it. Like I've been around this in the fly fishing industry a little bit. Like, cause we did some film, some stuff back in the day and I watched these guys tying their own flies. And I was like, man, these guys are really caught up hard for something to do because <laughs> like, they take a lot of time to build a lure and then go cast with this. You know, it's all artsy and stuff, which is cool. I don't have a problem with it at all. I think it's awesome. And I'll get into that someday. But I thought, what if I could take that same idea and try this in bass fishing? Would it mean the same thing as it does to them as it would to me or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so I tried it. And I'm going to be honest with you. Here's what I caught myself doing out there, fishing. I just went out for a few hours. I almost refused to fish with a bought lure. <laughs> As if I was like, wouldn't stoop to that level. Yeah, because like, you made them. It's embarrassing now to me if you have to fish with a bought lure. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> so I'm here's the question. Kidding, what are you going to do the first time you get hung up with oh, that, dude. one of them lures? I already thought about it. I was, I was per pulling a crankbait through some brush and stuff around the edge of some brush, and I was like, I am fixing to get hung up, <laughs> and I'm going in. <laughs> 
You'd have left the. Because <laughs> I got a lot of time invested in these stupid things. That's hilarious. No, I'll be honest. It, it was. It's been a pretty cool experience so far. Mm-hmm. Like, They're looking good. I really did have a good time catching my first fish on my own painted lure. It's kind of addicting though. I mean, I bought just about. I bought about twenty lures. I think starting off just to make sure. Mm-hmm. I kind of would like this. I could feel like I could do it. But the problem is there's no, if you're creative, there's no end to what you can come up with. Right. Like it's, every design is going to be just, you, you could do the same exact, try to do the exact same design. It's never going to be And it could same. be just, it'll be just a hair different depending mm-hmm. on how much paint you put where or whatever, mm-hmm. layering all this stuff. And yeah. Getting your multicolors and all that. It's a lot of fun. So I want to watch you do it. So today I ordered 80 more lures. <laughs> He's going to have a full tackle So you box. think about it though, man, a lot of these lures, I mean, I got a little money invested on the front end. Not much. We're talking... 100 200 bucks maybe so ain't not crazy money but when you start looking at nice high-end crankbaits oh they're expensive I mean, they're six ten twelve bucks depending yeah. on what brand yeah so the way i look at it this is how i had to sell it to my wife <laughs> <laughs> it's like baby this is like a 12 dollar crankbait i got like two dollars in this thing yeah this is a wise investment honey <laughs> there you go she, and it's true it, so i text her last she was so excited for me Actually, like Gavin, my boy, he was like, dude, <laughs> that's awesome. She's like, great job, babe. My wife, you know, she's like, that's cool. And so I come in telling her all about it, and she's like, baby, well, as long as you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably half so, asleep. So I'm not sure if I've really won her over on this whole. <laughs> I text one of my buddies, Zach, up at Ranger. He's like, dude, you're a real Indian. I was like, I said, yeah, out here in my Ranger. <laughs> really. He goes, what says Comanche on the side of it? And I was like, yeah. No, it's been cool. I'm I'm I have I'm highly addicted. Now, I have an addictive personality, I think. So we'll see. How long it I lasts? may I may binge paint here for you know, a month or two. What I'd like to do is get, you know, 30, 40 of them painted up. Yeah. And be good for a little while. Go use them. I'm going to lose a few probably, but Yeah. Then come back and start. I, I hope I'm with you the first time you snag one. <laughs> snag a fish or lose no, one? No, you get hung up. Well, I want to see you go in for it. I ain't going in, man. <laughs> so it, every lure is a little different, but I probably got, <clears throat> so you got your base coat that goes on. The problem's not painting the lure. Like I do that, I'm fairly artsy, always been fairly artsy. So that part of it's pretty simple to me. The pain in the butt that takes forever is swapping your paint out. Because every hmm. every paint color change, you got to clean gotta, it out. You got to clean your sprayer. I run alcohol, all kinds of stuff through it. It takes a few minutes to do it. So when you got six, seven different colors going into a design, mm. it's you, a, you might as well. I got me some good painting music going down there. <laughs> you, it's it's the same music I do when I'm wood turning grunt calls. Are you down down in your? Oh yeah, yeah. I got a little undercover shop down below that's the cool. house. Yeah. So. The part that would probably drive me nuts is not the changing the paint. I can get down with that. It's the taping the stuff off that you don't want to get paint on. Well, it's it. only it's only the bill. I know, but it would still. I would want it to be perfect. Oh it would yeah, drive me nuts. Yeah, it's kind of it's. There's some tedious parts to it. Now, How long does it take from start to finish? Would you say what are you using three or four colors per lure? Probably. On so average. what would you say? Um, two hours per lure. Well, probably. Um, now, when you start getting into some of these crawdad designs and you're painting the shells on the back, and that's a whole nother. See, everything's a process of learning. Mm-hmm. So now I'm creating my own forms. I can take you and show you one. Okay. So I'm having to go. What I do now is I go buy. They actually have a stencil material that you can buy mm-hmm. that is just a hard plasticky. I don't know what it's made out You've of. You've been hanging out at Hobby Lobby? Dude, I got a <laughs> video I need to show you. I'm over in the... Um, 
the floral ribbon, <laughs> oh, <Lord>. the floral <laughs> ribbon section, and I find a piece of material that I was looking for. I did a little jig over in the. <laughs> now I felt a little not so manly for a moment. <laughs> I seen the old lady look at me. You were dancing in Hobby like, Lobby. I was like, honey, if you only knew what I was doing. I got to see that video. <laughs> I've got it on my deal. I was awesome. Like, I, I videoed myself finding it because I was so excited. <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, no, they make a stencil. It's just a blank sheet of this hard paper. So I go down. I got to create a vacuum suction in some kind of box or something. Mine's kind of ghetto rigged right now. So I got a shop vac, ran into a box. Got mm-hmm. a bunch of holes drilled in the top of it. So and it that's to pull the air out of it. So then I lay my lure on top of this box with the holes. Mm-hmm. Then I put the sheet of paper over the top of the of the lure. Mm-hmm. And then I get a heat gun. And so then you slowly start melting this paper, this plastic, over mm-hmm. it. And then when it starts to fold over it, you turn on the vacuum. And it creates a suction and sucks that paper down. Mm-hmm. And so you keep going. I ain't, I'm a very, very novice at this because the first two look like absolute garbage. I was like, whoa, I burnt right through that. <laughs> so then it sucks down over it. And then once you get it where you think it's good, you, you let, turn the heat gun off, let it keep sucking for a few minutes and cool down. Mm-hmm. And it, it hardens really quick. Gives it some texture. And it creates a form that fits that exact lure. Then, this is the tricky part that I'm not great at either yet. But I will be, Cody, the producer man. Come on. I'm scared to show you what I'm doing because you're going to be better at it than me right out of the gate. <laughs> I don't know. So now I, I'm going to go and, and create some... Um, stencils out of these to create my shell patterns and so I can go with the airbrush and put on there and paint them pull them off that's cool man it's pretty so those what I was going to say to all that is like those lures are going to take a little bit longer than yeah. just painting them some colors do they have any texture to them to what the lures the lures yeah they got some yeah uh, I create some of my own fin looks on them but or scales or whatever mm-hmm. but they've got a little bit of a texture to them cool it's really cool so I just got back from the beach, yeah. and I get over here to do this podcast. You're all giddy. <laughs> You're like, you know what we're talking about, but I got a special guest. Oh, I do got a special so guest. You I ain't going to believe it. I can't wait to get to that. But what are we going to talk about today? Well, let me tell you the special guest, because this is what we're talking I about. I think we just need to surprise people, and I'll be surprised with them. You want me just to hit play? Well, why don't you kind of set the conversation up? No, I'm going to tell you. I got to introduce who is our special guest, because okay. nobody's going to believe us. All right. This is how connected we are. People just think awesome. we're, they just think we're in the outdoor industry. <laughs> um, I've got Nick Saban joining us today. What? On the Tour 12. All the way from Tuscaloosa? I don't even like Alabama. They, they kill everybody. They dominate year in, year out. But <laughs> this is a true story, people. We have Nick Saban about to join us. Through Facebook. <laughs> I was about no, to say, where's he at? No, I came across this, all kidding aside, I came across this, I guess this was posted a couple of days ago. This was on CoachTube.com. Now, I don't even know how I, this popped up on my feed, but it did. And he's talking about mediocre people mm-hmm. and how they don't run with high achievers. And so I thought, man, there is so much conversation that can be sparked out of the few seconds here that we're going to hit play on this and let you hear what he says. So let's just do it. Let's hit play. Hear what old coach has got to say. I do have a lot of respect for Nick Saban. Whether I like him or not, I, I don't know if I can answer that. Right? I mean, he's – I don't know that I would consider – do you think he's a player's coach? I think he's a winning coach. I do too, but I don't <laughs> think people are like – I don't know. I ain't talked to too many people that's played for him. But I don't look at him and think, man, he's a player's yeah. coach. You know? Yeah. Like Dabo Sweeney, he's a player's coach. Yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. Players love him. Yeah. 
I don't know that I sense that with Nick, but they go there to win. Oh, that's it. Period. So. All right, let's hear it. All right, I'm going to play this short clip. Cue it up. If it'll play. Here we go. Let's see what he's got to say. Never have any team chemistry for this reason. Mediocre people don't like high achievers. And high achievers don't like mediocre people. So if everybody doesn't buy into the same principles and values of the organization and the same high standard, you're never going to be successful. Just like our spring practice right now. You know what my goal with spring practice is? Get the right guys on the bus, get them in the right seats, and get the wrong guys off the bus. So one of these days, you're going to be working in an organization, and somebody's going to try to do that to you. So which one of those people do you want to be? Do you want to be somebody they're trying to get off the bus because you're satisfied with mediocre performance? Because you can never have any team chemistry in your organization if everybody's not committed to the same standard and the same things. Tell them, Nick. Preach it. You know, when I worked for Bill Belichick, we had one sign in the building. It was, do your job. I love that. So simple. You know, you go in all these places and, you know, you see all these things. One sign. Do your job. I like what he had to say there, Cody. He's pretty stout. It is pretty strong. But, man, it's what good. he said made so much sense. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've even used that kind of analogy with the bus before on some different things. But I've never boldly said, like, we're maybe because we ain't got enough personnel. But, we're trying to get the right people on the said, right people. He said people we want off. the wrong people off. Yeah. Get everybody in the right seats. I love that. Oh, I do too. We we did that even at church when we started here years ago. Like that was because initially we were just trying to get people on the bus. Yeah. We were talking to everybody we could find. We like, get on the we bus. We just need belly buttons. Yeah, we just need <laughs> – I don't know if we said it like that. But, you know, you know, two, three years down the road now, it's five years actually, almost six yeah. now. Church is huge. It's doing awesome. But yeah. there's been a shift from just getting people on the bus to getting them in the right seat. We don't have that luxury in business. We we need people in the right seat right out of the gate. Right. You know, and so um, so church is obviously a total different scenario. It's more volunteer-based and driven, but... but Well, I think the quality of what's going to come out from the church or any organization as you start to shift from, we just need people to, let's get people in the right spots, yeah. get the people who aren't a good fit for our organization in an organization that's yeah. not ours, that's better for them, maybe. Yeah. The quality and the excellence and the the product that comes out is going to become better. That's why Nick Saban wins all the time. Yeah. Because he gets the wrong people off the bus. And he does not tolerate it. <laughs> so that, that leads me to, in business, how many times, I've seen this quite a bit. You have too, probably in the last year or two. But how many times do you see companies settling for mediocrity? And leaving somebody on the bus that has no business on the bus. Because oh. <laughs> most people won't be like Nick. That's what separates him as a strong leader. Yeah. Is, is he's willing to say what it is. Yeah. You know, and it's not that he don't like probably whoever it is. He's probably recruited some of the people. Right. That's there. But if they're not, if they're going to act mediocre, mediocre and not do their job, he's yeah. like, then you don't need to be on the bus. Yeah. You know, and I think in, in life and business, we see that a lot where, um, nobody likes controversy. I don't right. know anybody that just says, man, I wake up this morning, I, I'm going after some controversy. <laughs> I want to find it because I'm the guy to fix it. <laughs> nobody does that, yeah. you know, or you're stupid if you do. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
guy ain't looking for it. It comes looking for us enough. Okay, hold on. I can think of one person that's always looking for controversy. Who's that? Oh, Donald Trump. Oh, Donald. <laughs> Donald. He, he ain't scared. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, he just likes stirring it up. That's okay, too. As long as he keeps providing jobs, uh, have at it. We'll do whatever you come want. Come on. Keep that economy growing. That's funny. But... No, I, I I do. I have a. This brought up a lot of thoughts when I saw this this morning. I thought it might be a great piece of conversation because mm-hmm. I've eva- I've been thinking, you know, even in my own life, and you've probably done the same thing. But I don't know when this concept really hit me. It was probably in college somewhere along those lines, because you know we've heard that we've even said this even in communication a lot of times. You know, show me the five people you spend the majority of your time with, I'll show you your future. Something. Right. There's lots of different ways people say that little quote, but um, there's a lot of truth in that. And so I look back as we're going through this as parents right now, raising kids, like who are you spending your time with? Mm -hmm. Because they're influencing your life, you know? Well, it's the same thing really as we get into adulthood and into our professional careers. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're running with mediocre people all the time, the result is going to end up eventually you're going to just probably be mediocre. Yeah, I used to tell people all the the time. I, t- I tell my kids this, and other pa- I've told other parents this, that your kids will rise to the level of your expectation for them. Yeah. So if you let them continue down that path, that's where they're going to stay most of their life. Yeah. If you'll give them a little bit of expectation and help them see that they have yeah. more ability, they're going to find themselves there, I think. Yeah. So how do you how do you know? Like, I'm trying to look back at my early teenage years and even into college because i was i was having a lot of fun but i can honestly say looking back i don't know that i was running with people that were helping me be better Mm -hmm. you know um so like when i guess my question is i can i can understand it from a teenage and college standpoint when i was going down a wrong path that wasn't leading me to being a high achiever Mm -hmm. but in business I feel like I'm on that path now because I'm pretty much only associated with people and companies that are trying to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't bother me as bad. But I guess what my question is, is in the professional career and in business, when do you know you're dealing with mediocrity or do you, or is it just happen different for different people? I'm Mm -hmm. just thinking out loud here or, or in another case, how, when, once you realize it, because to me, like it's pretty obvious Within a few months, I'm gonna know if I'm dealing with a mediocre person yeah. as far as work ethic. If, yeah. if they're if they're a high achiever, if they're not a high achiever, if they're just trying to get by. Maybe the better question is, at what point do you address that? <laughs> That's so, where the rubber meets the road for yeah. a lot of companies <clears throat> and people. I, uh, I'll give you a great example with my son Jaden. Um, last year, we went to his. I think that let me answer your question first and then give you the example. I think the earlier if you recognize that that bend towards mediocrity in the people that are on your team, but you also see that I believe everybody has more potential than they are putting out. Oh yeah. Right? Everybody. So if you see the bend towards a mediocre a mediocre mediocre a mediocre performance <laughs> right. in their work ethic or whatever, um I would think it's important to address it early. Um, rather than later because it's easier early (laughs) than later because they haven't developed that. um, This is how I work. This is how it is. This is all I have to do. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So for Jaden, a couple 
last I guess the last semester of the year they do this thing where they pick their classes for next year and he's doing that whole you know eighth grade boy I don't don't want all these classes and I was like (laughs) dude I'm cool if you don't want those classes if you can't do them you know like if they're not and you don't like them or whatever but um and this is why I told him I said most people only do what's required of them and because of that they never reach their potential and so I had right there in the cafeteria I had this moment with my son trying to help him understand that there was way more out there for him than yeah. what everybody else was doing yeah. you know so I tried to address it early I think the same thing in business oh, in definitely. my experience in leadership you know you wait too long then you lose people in a bad way you start it early you know like there's just yeah. so much to it yeah you'll lose the respect of the people that are under you yeah if you're not willing to make a move and oh, address, absolutely. address something that needs to be addressed absolutely I think you know that when you and this is the truth this is America as a whole and I believe what you said even separates those that eventually get to live their passion and, and do a lot of what this podcast is built around versus those that don't is is if you are a person that only does what you have to do then you're like you said you're never going to reach where one day you hope to be yeah if that's if you're just trying to get by you're just punching a time clock and saying you know what i'm glad i got this job and you may be you may be fine you may be able to do that career forever yeah just checking in checking out and but for those that really want to live their passion and, and go beyond where they are that mentality it's mediocre it's not gonna work that's what it is it will it's not it doesn't resemble being a high achiever yeah it's, it'll it'll get the job done yeah but that's it and that's it and you're gonna look back one day and be like man I'll, that's my deal it's just like this painting dang lures this has <laughs> i want this is a hilarious story you know why i did this why i started painting lures yeah no i don't but tell me well let me just give you some back track here a little heathology for the moment <laughs> come on man I have a I have a curse. Like every single thing I think about or touch, the first thing that pops in my mind is how could this be a business? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a curse. Well, I don't know that it's a curse. It's not a bad thing, but it literally it is. It don't matter. If it's a guitar, if it's a <laughs> I, guess, gonna... <laughs> I got a plan for that, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. Oh, we ain't released that yet. <laughs> I I almost oh, just did. I did too. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. We'll get to that later. Oh, we need to do that soon. Okay. <laughs> but but so here's what I thought. I thought, you know what? I need a hobby. Because you think about it, all of our hobbies, we, we basically make a living doing our hobbies now, mm-hmm. which is ridiculously awesome. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that boastfully. We're just saying it can be done. And that's the truth. If we can do it, anybody can do it. At least I feel that way. Maybe some, I agree people, with some you. people don't believe that. But so here's so I, here was my thought. I need a hobby that is completely not associated with business. Uh-huh. And I knew my artwork and my lureability <laughs> was not going to be worth a whole lot. So here's what happened. This is hilarious. I did this as because I'm passionate about I'm by no means a professional fisherman. People that know me well are like, amen. He's not, but he loves fishing. I do love fishing. I think it was the last podcast I said, I'm going to have to get Brandon to take me yeah, fishing. And yeah. You said, you'll catch fish, but you'll have more fun with me. <laughs> That's true. He's going to be way too serious. Be, you know you are. Don't even lie. No, he has good time too. But so, so I wanted to associate with a hobby that had nothing to do with business. Yeah. So I get my first few painted. 
my son comes out and this is after I went because I do the, the painting then there's the epoxy stage and with the epoxy I'm using 12 to 24 hours about how long it needs to set before you go to mess them with it so I pull them up first thing my son says is you know what he said you gonna sell those he goes dad you ought to sell yeah. those I was like dude then I'm talking with my good buddy Colin up in um where's he at in Oregon 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 he goes dude I just showed these to my buddy he wants to know if you might sell one Colin, you're trying to curse me, bro. Two <laughs> I'm in trying a row. to just have a hobby. Let's here. think about this. <laughs> At very best scenario, this might be worth twelve dollars. <laughs> okay, let's say they're custom. Let's say that I'm bad to the bone and I know what I'm doing. What does that make them worth? Nineteen ninety five? I don't know. <laughs> Nineteen ninety nine. Let's go. There. Let's go. Nineteen ninety nine retail. Okay, so let's do the math real quick. I've got about, because I'm so good at this craft, I've got about four or five hours per lure. <laughs> Dude, that ain't even minimum wage. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, however I got off on that. But here's what I did want to do. That was part of the backing of that story. That was just for pure entertainment value. <laughs> it's good. But I'm a, as a creative, I am a, I'm really, I think you're the same way. Maybe that's why we're in the field we're in in marketing, but. Like, I'm driven to learn, and I want to know how to do everything. Like, I'm never going to know how to do everything, but at the end of the day, I want to know how to do everything, you know? And so, I told myself, I want to be able to catch bass on on my own lures. And that way, if Walmart goes down and (laughs) Bass Pro goes, all these, eventually the world world ends, (laughs) I can figure this mess out and survive, you know? Yeah. No, that's a little deep. Like, I'm kind of kidding. But I just wanted to. But nobody paid me to do that. It no like I I've invested a little bit of money into it to figure it out. I invested a whole lot of time into mm-hmm. learning it. And that's part of what it takes to become, you know, a high achiever is yeah. is doing the things that nobody's forcing you to do. Right. I, I was making definitions when we looked at this quote from Nick. So we call him by his first name. Well, it was pretty close. Yeah. You know, he came on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably say some naughty words to us if he knows we aired that. Yeah. Nick, I mean, it was amazing, dude. <laughs> you did a great job. I wish the hogs would beat you someday, but probably ain't ever going to happen. When was the last time we like beat him? Like 207, maybe, mm-hmm. some, somewhere in there. And it was a fluke. I was just kind of trying to put a definition to who, what, what a high achiever, how do you define that? Someone who learns, someone who um values you know success someone who's works hard someone who puts in extra time you know yeah not not because they have to but because they want to things like that you know yeah there there are so many words that we could use to describe someone who would be considered a high achiever what are some of the words you would choose um there's there's several that pop to mind is um willingness to and i'm just thinking out loud here is they're they're a whatever type teammate, you mm-hmm. know, or even individual. Maybe you're not even on a team, but you're a whatever have a whatever it takes mentality. Yeah. Um being willing to go above and beyond in all scenarios, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what said you you nailed it too on the learning part. But that's really at the end of the day is what it is, is is what do you what do you have to do to separate yourself from where you're currently at? Right. Whatever your current state is. Even in, let's look at our, we can look at our own life. I always like to self-reflect, but I can look at where we're at right now. Things are great. Things are going good. We got some new clients coming on. Everything's rock and roll and it's awesome. 
But even still, like daily, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what do we got to do to separate ourselves? We don't have to right now, Mm -hmm. but if we don't continuously think that way, there will come a day when we're sitting here wishing we would have been, Yeah, you know, and we're never going to reach our potential if we don't keep, keep trying to move forward instead of just, it'd be really easy just to settle and say, man, life's good. We got some pretty good salaries right now. Mm -hmm. We can feed our families. We can take care of each other, whatever, and just settle. But that don't fly. Like mm-hmm. now, it does for some people. Yeah, and I, and that's that's not necessarily bad. I'm not gonna say it, sit here and just try to toot our own horn and say, man, that, that this is the only way life works is if you do it this way. Right. It's not because some people are really laid back, and and that's okay too. If you're not, I don't want to say if you just if you love mediocrity, just live there. <laughs> that ain't what I mean. I'm not saying it's bad to not necessarily be a high achiever. Right. Because there are some people that are maybe you're not a high achiever in business. Um, but you are in another area of your yeah, life. like like maybe you're a mom man that is just you're an overachiever with your family and you're at home serving your kids and your husband and your family you know and so it, it's 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 relative to what you need to be a high achiever in yeah you know this, well and I think in regards to our podcast or this podcast we want people to live in their passion so yeah. their passion might not be the nine to five they have but it might be the what you're saying about a mom or even a dad who's I can't wait to get done with this job that I just have to do to make the money to get home and to their passion whatever it is yeah whatever it is cutting grass or loving kids or whatever yeah and we're obviously this this podcast is is the idea is the the win-win is when you can combine that passion with With, an income yeah that's a win-win because life is just awesome but I will say this last week at night, I've been late night, man, painting lures. And I ain't making a dime. I'm losing money. Actually, I'm saving money because I'm not going to buy a buttload of lures. <laughs> Do I need to edit that out? <laughs> no, I'm saving some money because I'm not going to have to go buy a bunch of six cents uh, high-end you know, yeah. $18 lures. But I'm just making myself feel better with buying all this paint. <laughs> but I was living my passion in that moment, man. I, right. I was living it right then, having a blast. I had me some old hokey music cranked up down there, mm-hmm. had my big fan on sucking up this so i wasn't snorting these fumes (laughs) and uh i was loving it you know but i ain't gonna make any money doing it Mm -hmm. and so but for a lot of people that just like you just said there are probably way more scenarios than there aren't of people that have to go to a certain job and maybe it's okay maybe they love it maybe it's just okay but they do that so that they can get to their passion Mm -hmm. later that evening maybe it's their family maybe it's fishing whatever right it's a ton whatever this this podcast is just built around the idea of if there's a will, there's a, you know a way, or if there's a way, there's a will. However, that yeah. one liner goes, but we can figure it out. And right. Part of figuring that process out of how you make an income, and I mean, I firmly believe if I wanted to, um, stepping out pretty bold here, but I really firmly believe if I wanted to make a living making fishing lures, I could. Mm-hmm. Now, what that living looks like, <laughs> I don't know that it would support the lifestyle we live right now yeah. or our family, but I really do believe if, if if it's possible that we could figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. I could go meet with the right people, come up with the right designs that somebody out of all the lure manufacturing companies out there would be like, you know what, that, that one right there is not a bad idea. Yeah. Let's see if we can mass produce that thing. You yeah. Know? Now, then you start getting into the whole another level of entrepreneurship and business and seeing something come from nothing to something mm-hmm. and have a little bit of life to it. I believe that's possible. I don't think that's my career choice, the best 
interest for me and my family and our team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your pay, you're not going to like the pay off the lures I come up with, Cody. You're going to be like, I'm finding another gig. So we're going to have to pay more lures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it can't be six hours of lure yeah. or whatever it is. But my point is, I think there's, for the for the sake of the podcast, is we want to be able to combine both an income to what your passion is. If yeah. there's, if there's a, a way to do it, then let's figure it out. And the way you get there is by definitely become, you can't be mediocre. You yeah. have to become a high achiever. Yeah. And everybody can do it. Yeah. You Everyone. Can, you can be a high achiever at something, mm-hmm. whatever it is. What is, what are some things Heath that you would say distinguish a high achiever from someone who's comfortable just in the um, mediocre way of living? Um, in every work, work ethic is a big deal. Okay. To, so work ethic, the ability to problem solve, um, those those two are huge because you can you can take a guy that has work ethic and an ability to problem solve that has no um, idea what they're getting into as far as a job task, mm-hmm. and if they have those two things, They'll, you can figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's it's I'm, I'm, Matt that works for us is a prime example. Matt Covington, he's incredible. Um, and I and I think even looking at him now, he's fine now. But I think when we look at Matt's life ten years from now, it'll even look different than it does now because mm-hmm. he's still very young. And Matt, you're probably listening to this podcast. But I take him for to use him as a great example because when he came on to intern with us, um, whenever it was two two and a half years ago, whatever it was, we sit down there in the kitchen at the bar, and I walked him through how to use a DSLR camera for the first time. And we went through the three, the process of ISO and shutter and aperture and how those three things work together to get the, the exposure that you're looking for, the shot you want. And then we talked about depth of field, all that. And then we look at Matt today Ooh. and he didn't have a clue about none of that stuff. Yeah. But he had work ethic and, um, and he wanted to put his, his, what he was learning to, to the use, test, yeah. to use, you know. And now he's fell in love with it. And now he's traveling all over the world. Taking some incredible. Taking incredible shots and doing what he loves, you yeah. know. So those, there's probably more things. Those are just two things that jump out to me right off the bat that um, can keep you from being mediocre. Mm-hmm. Or 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 even if, if you work for somebody that can keep you from looking mediocre in your in your boss's eyes. Oh, yeah. You know. Because yeah. that's, that's how most people that are in leadership positions, not, I shouldn't say most, I can't speak for everybody, but I know the people that we associate with in, in our industry, the people that we work with, that's how they look at it, especially if you've got a lot of, yeah. like, of, of people underneath you. Yeah, they're looking for someone who will get the job done, Yeah, as Bill Belichick says, <laughs> Yeah, do the job. Do it. You know, do it. They're looking for people who will get the job done, people who will help them solve problems, and I think come up with solutions. Yeah. You know, like before there's ever a problem yeah hey, what if we did this you yeah know, I, I think there's everybody can do that and that's what and that's part of being a high achiever you know you you nailed it with coming up with solutions how many people do we know that want to tell you the problems oh <laughs> and nobody offers any help for what that solution is mm-hmm. so how do you separate yourself from people around you in competition even mm-hmm. in business or if you're even within the framework of a team mm-hmm. is be somebody that's offering solutions absolutely i used to whenever i would train the leaders that were under me when i worked in a volunteer organization that's the one thing i would tell them you be a solution person yeah don't you know? bring me a yeah another if, you, problem. if you have a problem before you come to me give me a couple solutions yeah you know and it made them more creative made them more effective at what they were doing. And 
I'm sure a lot of problems never made it to me as the lead of our organization because they fixed it before yeah. it ever got there. That's awesome. I love it, you know? Hey, I've I've found us some some really good answers for life right here. All right, let's hear it. I just typed in lifehack.org. <laughs> <laughs> this means we're going to hack all problems with life right now. All right. No, I did. I pulled this up. I want to I go through a few of these things, and let's just discuss them. Ten things high achievers don't do. And we'll talk about a few of them. Okay. Number one. They don't listen to conventional thinking. I think that's good. Could it be bad, though? <laughs> I, think <it's, laughs> I think in some instances, but I think a lot of, a lot of what um, high achievers and a lot of what brings success is not small thinking. And most of the time, um, when you want to see something happen, you can't think like everybody else. Yeah. You know, you can't think... This is the way it's going to. Well, be. I think I think part of what that's saying is it's not saying you're going to stir up an argument every time somebody has an idea. But oh, when, yeah. when you're trying to solve a problem, there's more than they'll say, and there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, you know, I think there's if there's a better way to approach solving a problem, then let's evaluate that and look at it. Yeah, that's what it says to me. Most of our listeners probably won't know who Andy Stanley is, but he um, he's in like one of the top leaders in um in the church world and that's how i, I came across him but he used to <laughs> Sorry, I got a text. Hello. he used to always say and it really just it every time i somebody comes to me with something it it this phrase hits me he used to always say i have people come to me all the time with great ideas and i have the choice as their leader to either crush their dreams or help them become better and he said, so this is what I always tell people. Instead of asking how we're going to get this done, I always say, wow. And it makes them think, hey, this was a great idea. I can actually achieve that. Oh, wow. And I, I really thought, I think that's great in this because sometimes we come up with these ideas that could take us to the next level in our life. And instead of, wow, it's how are we going to do it? And then yeah. we get ourselves discouraged and then we go yeah. back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's good. You know, it's just a, the right mindset. mindset. Yeah, mindset. All right, let me go back here. Um, this one is big because Nick hit on this. Our good buddy, old Nick Saban. <laughs> I'm so glad he was so nice of him to come yeah, on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate today. that, Nick. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, here it is. They don't associate, again, we're looking at 10 things high achievers don't do. They don't associate with underachievers. Now let's break that down real quick because I got a few thoughts on that too. All right, go ahead. Well, Well, I always look at, I try to look at everything from, every person's point of view the best I can anyway, uh -huh. as a whole. And I think I want to make mention here, what this is not saying is if you're running with somebody that's an underachiever because of the stage of their life that they're at or in, it's not, I'm not saying that I don't believe that we're saying this is necessarily about if you're trying to help somebody or you're mentoring somebody and you're trying to bring somebody up, you know, and which we all should be doing at some mm -hmm. level is trying to help people that are not quite as far along in the journey as maybe we are. We've all had somebody in our life that's helped us, you know, whether it's in business, if it's in family, whatever, somebody has helped us mold who we've become. And so I just want to make sure that we're not <laughs> saying if we're no, you can't help nobody anymore. Don't if they're below where <laughs> yeah, you're at in no. life, you don't, that ain't what we're saying. At not all. at all. But what it is, I think saying is, um, 
you want to surround yourself with people that are headed somewhere. Yeah. That are on the, that have the same goals and aspirations as you do. Maybe I would even say have them beyond. bigger beyond you. Yeah. I remember a guy one time I was dealing with an investor one time, and and you know me, Cody. I got pretty big ideas. Matter of fact, this is hilarious. You'll think this is funny. We have a good buddy named Mark who's very successful. And the other day, Matt, um, you were gone. This is hilarious. I'm going to share this publicly because it's so funny. <laughs> now, those that know Mark, who I'm referring to, even think it's even funnier because he does very well. Um, I think he's got 27 entities he owns that are all very successful. So he's a multi-jillionaire. And we're in the process of trying to become multi-jillionaires, Cody. We, we, are. we ain't quite there yet, but <laughs> we're getting there. But you know me, I got an idea every day about something. And Matt goes, Matt that works for us, he goes, you know who you remind me of? I said, who's that, Matt? He goes, you remind me of a young Mark with no money. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I laughed so hard because I was like, hey, he's got about 20 years on me. Yeah. If we can get halfway to where he's, how we're, and so that's what I was going to reflect on here is. I want to be around people like that because they push you, man, to mm-hmm. to think, you know what? If that dude can do it, I can too. Yeah. And if he's making hundreds of millions of dollars a year, then, then he's, we're all just people. Yeah. And it all comes down to he is a very high achiever. Yeah. He doesn't settle. Um, he doesn't settle for confusion. He don't like – he wants to know what we're doing. Clear. Let's clear. Yeah. Let's get clarity and let's move forward. I think that's what we mean. When we say don't associate with underachievers. We're talking about from a standpoint of where we're trying to head in life. Yeah. At the end of the day, time is our greatest asset. That's what that's we talk about this all the time because you get pulled so many different directions in life between family and for us it's a ball, it's church, it's there's something besides work all the time going on. And so you have to choose your time wisely who you spend it with, where you who you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. you know, to um hopefully encourage and inspire you to become a high achiever if you're not, to push you farther. You this know? this would be another aspect of that. You should want to be the kind of person that other people want to come be around. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's going to push you. You know, if you're, you want people to look at you like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, like that, you yeah. know, like that's where I want to be and you're not where you want to be. You know, I think that that's yeah. good. Well, I think the truth, my, my dad told me this my whole life growing up and it's, he did, it wasn't original, but he always reminded me, you know, the, the true test of leadership is to look behind you and see who's following. Mm-hmm. And he would always tell me, he'd say, Heath, if you look back there and nobody's behind you, you're just on a walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that is a great, you know, as far as leadership, what you're saying is people want to be around that, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think that's dead on. So here's another thing they don't do. They don't wait for answers. We kind of already hit that, basically yeah. being a problem solver. Um, they don't dwell on setbacks. Hey, here's my clutter right here. They don't clutter their lives. There you go. So see right now, I've I've cleaned out 27,000 pages of emails today <laughs> because I'm trying to be a better high achiever. <laughs> they don't get bored. Uh, I think we fall into that when we're never bored. Never. My kids um, say I'm bored. Mm-mm. They don't happen yeah. in my house. I love this one. They don't wait for opportunities. Yeah. How many people have you talked to? I know I've talked to a ton. It's just like, man, the opportunity just ain't ever provided itself. Yeah. You know? um, I think there's a whole another podcast could be built around that because I've always, I've always felt like, like even with hunting and stuff, I don't really believe in luck, but I do believe in creating your own luck. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff that can go into that process as far as those opportunities being created. That's another podcast though. Uh, they don't get bored. They don't, they don't, uh, here's, here's one. We'll, we'll end with this one. Last one. 
high achievers don't do them because this could be up for debate, Cody. <laughs> they don't stay in bed late. <laughs> <laughs> what time do they go to bed? Well, that's true. So I mentioned this earlier. You said it's subjective. Break yeah. this break this one down for us. We're talking about high achievers. Break down that they don't stay in bed late. Yeah, because you know our good buddy Matt's gonna be like, "Hold on a second. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he may be working until three in the morning. Yeah, on a project. Or That's something. why I think it's subjective because they're when you go to bed matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you go to bed at four a.m., you can't get up at five a.m. every day and no, go work out. Not feel and right. Reply emails. You know. Yeah. So I think that's a subjective one, but I do think it's. Um, I think if we were going to make it simple, we could say high high achievers are not lazy. They're motivated. I think so. I think part of, I think maybe what this is referencing is, I'm just guessing here, but I know as attempting to be a better high achiever, we always feel like there's not enough time in the day. Mm -hmm. And so I think what getting up early does is it feels like it gives you a few more hours in the day. Yeah. So like right now, I'm pretty much on a dead you know at least four days a week we're up at five thirty every morning mainly because my boy's got to be we take him to football at six and thank the lord he's about to be 16 <laughs> then we'll see if my five thirty a.m stays in check or not because he can drive his own butt <laughs> to football <laughs> practice but um I, th- I think that's something i think about is is for me personally my brain is a lot fresher mm-hmm. in the mornings than it is in the evenings now yeah. and that's why a lot of my serious work i try to do before noon yeah because after I eat lunch, man, it's not that I go completely downhill. I'm just not, I don't feel as fresh. Right. And so I will I will do things that aren't as taxing on the mind in the afternoons mm-hmm. versus you know doing in those things in the mornings. Just it works best for me, and that's just my own workflow. You may be the same way. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have changed over the years. I mean, because it used to, man, I was a night owl. Mm. I would stay up. I mean, till two or three was just normal. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like nine o'clock. I'm like, ooh. I'm going to miss time to shut her down, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to go to Amarillo the other day, and uh, we were getting up early. Me and uh, Brandon, we went down to meet with a client, and it was 8 o'clock. Sun ain't even gone down. And I'm back here in bed. My wife come back and she goes, what are you doing? I'm like, girl, I got to get up at like 3.30 or 4. I'm going to bed. She's like, the sun ain't even down. I'm like, too bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. So anyway, um, I think Nick brings up some some valid points, man, just to think about for for life in general, mm-hmm. from both leadership from a, from a standpoint of living your passion, what it takes to get there is um, don't associate with underachievers because at the end of the day, you're going to be yeah. living in mediocrity, mediocrity, you know. So any other thoughts on this? We probably, how long we've been going? We probably need to shut her down. We're at 52 minutes. Oh, wow. We're way overboard for a leadership session. It's good, though. I think it's really good information and um, will challenge a lot of people to maybe evaluate. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just consider yeah. where you currently yeah. are. Yeah, and do that often. You know, evaluate often because yeah. it's easy. What are some uh, ways you can do that? Uh, evaluate where you're at. Yeah. I'm, I don't know, man. There's. Uh, well, I thought I was just thinking I asked, but I had an answer in mind, too. Oh, well, why don't you give us well. that? Because <laughs> <laughs> you kind of threw me off. You said we're going to shut this down. <laughs> I'm thinking I got to hit the right buttons. Well, I was here. just going to say, I was going to say, uh, have accountability. Oh, yeah. And when you surround yourself with people, you can do a self check by just evaluating. You can, that's, maybe that's what we do here is 
let's think about who you spend the month from a, this is related obviously around occupation for the most of what we're talking about here today but you could put life in general too but let's just from a work standpoint who do you associate with the most who's mm-hmm. the top five people you would say if you broke down a month's worth of your time that you're in contact with and you're talking with on a daily basis who are those five people and then evaluate those five people and say are those people trying to go somewhere yeah that i hope to be someday yeah you know from a business standpoint if the answer is yes then you're probably on the right track if you can check through there and say you know what about three of those five <laughs> yeah they're uh, they ain't gonna be up end up anywhere yeah then you know what maybe you need to reallocate where you spend some of your time yeah you know and so because what i found is you can still have a good time with people that are going places yeah most people that ain't going places just enjoy having a good time, and that's the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> they just want to go party or do whatever, and that's the end of it. Versus where where are you really heading in yeah. life and business? You know. Yeah. And so, I think that's a really good you know good closer there. Just little to, something you can do to. Yeah. I know. I, I try to do that. If I look at it right now, I'm like, I think we're we're surrounding ourselves with some pretty good people. Mm-hmm, I like being around people who are multi-jillionaires yeah that's pretty awesome <laughs> like, except when you go like on vacation or something their budgets are way different than yeah that. So i'm like i can just go to the beach and chill yeah y'all can go do all y'all's casino stuff or whatever <laughs> we're just gonna hang out in the sand <laughs> then those people they'll be like oh it's just you know it's just 50 60 grand go over there and play a few rounds i'm like you lost your yeah. mind man. so i don't roll like that that's funny a lot of successful people don't roll like that actually no they don't there's a reason they got money because they didn't mm-hmm. blow it so. yeah anyway man this has been a good conversation and um cody you got anything else on this any closing thoughts no i think just evaluate always be looking for ways to get better and then finally i would say um, believe in yourself because yeah. you can do it yeah that's it for me i like it just believe in yourself hey <laughs> sing it we probably should one more time thank nick for hey i would like time. to personally <laughs> thank nick for coming on joining myself alongside cody the producer man <laughs> it's been a real treat yeah i mean i mean really because he charges probably a lot of money to go speak places and yeah. he just jumped on here for a minute yeah I don't know what a minute of his time would have cost. but Too bad we can't really have coffee with him. <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> Nick, I would like your thoughts on this podcast. If you do happen to chime in and you get an hour into it here and you're still on, just give us some feedback. You can do that, Nick, at feedback at tour12.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, That was man. crafty right there. That's funny, ain't it? All kidding aside, I was joking. Except I wasn't joking about the email. If yeah. you do got some feedback, hit us up. I've gotten several feedback uh, emails here lately. I love getting feedback and knowing what you guys like, what you don't like. If there's, we've had some, we've had some interesting topics brought to you know, kind of surface to people that have asked us to talk about some certain things yeah. that are could be considered controversial um, that we may get into soon. So mm-hmm. we are taking what you're saying to heart, and some of it we're just trying to figure out the best way to go about communicating yeah. what that looks like. So actually what that sounds like (laughs) anyway man this has been a good show we got hope you guys have enjoyed the show today and um until next time i'm heath alongside my man cody peace out and god bless thank you so much for joining us for the leadership sessions of the tour 12 podcast our goal is to help you live your passion in business leadership and life and we would love to hear how these conversations are impacting you if you want to share your story or give us feedback Hit us up on Instagram or email us at feedback at tour12.com. 
As always, it would mean a lot to our team if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes and invite your friends to join us in living their passion.